You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reedon, the Rock Sponge. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast! Hey, hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die, with another crazy episode of the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with my buddy Ian and Terrence Reardon. Did I pronounce it right that time? Yes, you did, bro. I think and I'm proud the, of you. I think on the intro, I say it wrong, though, right? Yes, but that's okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, fix, uh, that. I'll fix that a bit. If you really want to make him happy, uh, say Terrence Vieira, because that, you know, that's a fucking <laughs> Okay, uh, Ian, you know, that, Ian that, that shit, you know, unfortunately, that shit can't happen in every state, but uh, maybe in Florida and Massachusetts, you guys can work that out. I'll piss off. Okay. All uh, right, hey, now, speaking uh, of, uh, speaking of uh, getting married, uh, two guys getting married, this week we're going to review Rainbow. First thing I bought was Rainbow Rising, which to this, to now, it's like my favorite, 
not only my favorite Rainbow album, it's definitely up there as my favorite albums of all time of any album. Definitely in my top five of any album, Rainbow Rising's up there. I was introduced to Rainbow thanks to my best friend Dennis, who played me the uh, final vinyl and on stage albums and um, Straight Between the Eyes. So my first Rainbow album was the self-titled debut because it was the only one that the, my local record store had. Then on stage was second. Final Vinyl on Cassette was there because I had a couple of bonus tracks at that time because the double CD, the CD wasn't a double CD at that stage. And then my fourth album was Rising, and I just became a fan of Rainbow at a time where Pearl Jam and Nirvana ruled the roost. But then I didn't listen to grunge, and I thought Ronnie Dio and Blackmore was a breath of fresh air at a time of grunge bullshit. Now let's get on with the motherfucker, shall we? I just want to I just want to uh, put in one little thing what you just mentioned. Uh, your final vinyl CD didn't have a couple songs. I hated that about CDs back in the 80s when it first came out. There was a lot of CDs that would omit, omit a couple songs, like double albums. They would release it on a CD, like Speak of the Devil, for instance, I think didn't have a Sweet Leaf or maybe some nope. other song. It was just ridiculous. It's like, why the fuck would I buy a CD if it's not going to be the complete you know, CD that was available previously on cassette and vinyl? stupid i hated it anyway i just wanted to bring that up i i agree with that one about speak of the devil it sucks that they cut that off the only upside to that is uh my first cd copy of in through the outdoor didn't have hot dog so so that that was good my first cd copies of uh exit stage left and um all the world's a stage were missing uh, a passage to bangkok and what you're doing respectively which was total us utter bullshit yeah i had the same problem now with rush though uh, the uh, the CD Chronicles would bring the songs that di- weren't on All the World's Stage, which was uh, What You're Doing. What You're Doing. And uh, Passage to Bangkok yes. was also on Chronicles. So if you bought Chronicles, you ended up getting, you know, the It was full, a great compilation, too. Yeah, the full, yeah, yeah it's a great compilation. Uh, okay, I, so um, let me start off with the very first Richie Blackmore Rainbow album, which is basically just Richie Blackmore and Elf the band that Dio was in, ex- uh, except for the guitar player, obviously, because uh, Richie took over his slot. Uh, every member that was in Elf formed this band. Uh, this I reviewed this album, and I didn't discuss. This band never played live, If uh, this lineup. If you look at this album or the vinyl or the CD, it brings pictures of, like, uh, you know, Ronnie James Dio live, but all those pictures are actually Elf. Um, and not Rainbow. Rainbow didn't play live till uh, Rising, or maybe before Rising. I know Cozy wasn't till Cozy joined when they started playing live. I love. I, well, I love all Rainbow albums. This would have to be. I. I would have to say, this will be my least favorite of the three, and I hate saying that because I love it. But, and also I love um, the drummer. Oh my God! What's the what's the drummer's name, Terrence? Gary Driscoll. Gary Driscoll no longer is with us, unfortunately. He passed away, and so did uh, Ronnie James Dio. So when it comes to there's a couple tracks on here I don't like, I don't really want to talk about it out of respect to these amazing musicians. But there are two tracks I don't like on it, and you'll know when we get to it because I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, I love uh, the first Rainbow album. Uh, What do you guys think of it? All right. Well, if we're going to go with the the first track, uh, Man on the Silver Mountain. Great, great classic song. Unfortunately, to me, it's it's just overplayed. I I don't 
you know, have that same feeling, you know, when I first heard it because, you know, just overkill. But uh, just a great statement, a great way to start out this band, a great way to start out the album. And there's a reason it's overplayed because it's a great fucking song. Uh, and it's a staple of Richie Blackmore and of Ronnie James Dio. Um, what do you think, Terrence? Man on the Silver Mountain fucking rules. I mean, the studio version, I do enjoy the studio version, but my favorite version, although it was overdubbed to hell on final vinyl, was the live version from 78 where Richie Blackmore added 1986 guitar leads over his 1978 self. And that version on final vinyl was the definitive version of Man on the Silver Mountain. And although I do love the studio, it went to better places live, especially when in the later years once Cozy Powell joined the band and Dio has always delivered the goods. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, I find this song very odd because, to me, it, musically, it sounds like something off Stormbringer, uh, Deep Purple's album, which it has kind of like a funky a funky kind of vibe to it. And Richie Blackmore left Deep Purple because of that direction they were taking. And, and to me, it's odd. Now, what do I think of the song? Of course, I love it. It's one of the... It is the, the, the anthem of Ronnie James Dio. It's even written on his, uh, at his gravesite. It says the man of the silver mountain. Um, I love it. Uh, I do like, I got to revisit that version you're talking about, Terrence, because I don't quite remember the final vinyl version, which I do own on vinyl too. So I will put that on and listen to it again. I do remember loving the hell out of the onstage version. Anyway, so the next song I really love, uh, and let me say it's called Self-Portrait. Self-Portrait is, to me, like maybe the greatest hidden gem from the three albums. The one that's not nobody really talks that much about, but it's so catchy. It's such a great paint me a picture and hang it on the wall. I love the hell out of Self-Portrait. Probably, let me look at this. No, not my favorite track on the album. I love it. Um, to me, this this one kind of reminds me of, uh, of Elf. Uh just musically, there's something about it. I think it sounds, it sounds more like Elf than 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 it sounds like Blackmore, Deep Purple. But but a great song. Uh, I I love this whole fucking album. There's a couple songs I think are, eh, but uh, but overall, this is an album that I always put on. And even the songs, I'm like, eh, I play it as a whole album. I, I start it and let it go. And there's a reason because the songs, you know, are great. And Self Portrait is just uh, phenomenal. I agree with a with it being a hidden gem as much as I hate to agree with you. But uh, if you want somebody else who's going to agree with you, we're going to go to Terrence. <laughs> Self-Portrait is an excellent song, melodic, sort of slow pace, mid-tempo, I should say, and um, just an excellent song. There's not much more I can say about it, but a great song. And I'll introduce the next track, which is what Ian is on this show, The Black Sheep of the Family. <laughs> I think the song is... Um, Kind of funky, catchy. I know it was a cover of a quartermass tune, but um, what makes it was Richie Blackmore's slide guitar work, which was real bluesy and showing that he could play slide very good. And he was an underrated slide player. I know he was famous for his lightning leads, but when he could play slide, which he did it the unusual way, he held the slide rather than put it on his finger. He could play the blues like no other. And uh, what's your opinion of, of Black Sheep of the Family? Mr. Black Sheepian. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate this song. I hate this. I got nothing nice. This is the one. I, it's interesting enough. Uh, uh, 
Ralph was mentioning Stormbringer, which is an album I fucking love. I, I love that. I, I'm a big Deep Purple fan, and I, I love that era. Uh, Blackmore got so pissed because he wanted to record a version of this on Stormbringer, and the rest of the band is like, nah, we ain't fucking feeling that. And I totally get it because I think it's a shit fucking song. Uh, you know, I think the only reason it's on this album is because, you know, Blackmore's in charge, and he probably insisted. I cannot see the rest of the band being behind this and saying, yeah, this is a good one. But, I mean, if, if you're basically a bar band who just hooked up with Richie Blackmore, you're going to do whatever the fuck he says. And it, it does does nothing for me. Which means Ralph probably loves it. So, uh, Ralph, tell me what you think. Well, I'm going to give you a little backstory that I guess both of you are not aware of when it comes to Black Sheep and Family. Uh, uh, Richie Blackmore wanted to record this with Ronnie James Dio. Uh, before they ever formed Rainbow. He just wanted to record it. I, I didn't know that thing you said about him uh, wanting it to be on Stormbringer, but that does make sense because when Richie Blackmore approached Ronnie James Dio saying, look, I want to go to the studio and record uh, this song, Black Sheep of the Family, um, they did. And when John Lord caught wind of this, he went up to Ronnie and said, please, whatever you do, don't form a band with Richie. And Ronnie didn't listen because, you know, come on, it's Richie Blackmore, you know. But uh, they did end up recording it. And then they recorded 16th Century Greensleeves on the same session. They liked so much how it went that that's what prompted uh, Blackmore to leave Rainbow. I mean, leave Deep Purple and start Rainbow. Now, what do I think of Black Sheep of the Family? Next track is Catch the Rainbow. I really love this song. <laughs> It is a very emotional. Like I said earlier, there's some songs I'm not I'm not going to talk about out of respect, but uh, "Catch the Rainbow" is a beautiful song, um, uh, just as beautiful as on stage. There's a, a very long version on stage, but a great great singing. And let me tell you something. Uh, not too long ago, they released a Dio tribute CD, and I highly recommend anybody go out there and listen to. Uh, Glenn Hughes's version of uh, of Catch the Rainbow. It gives me chills. It's so good. Uh, very emotional. And uh, as much as I love Ronnie James Dio's voice on this song, I got to tell you, um, Richie Blackmore is what really sells the song for me on this because his playing so emotional. And so, I mean, it really, like, hits me hard. I love, love, love Catch the Rainbow. What do you think, Terrence? Catch the Rainbow, I have to concur with you, Ralph. Um, although I'm not a, uh, the studio version, I think was a little too similar sounding to Pink Floyd. I know refraining from saying that band, but it did sound a bit like Floyd from that period on the studio version. Live, I think, is 10 times better. My favorite live version is on the um, Live in Germany 76 album. And to me, it was better live than it was studio. And I not to take anything away from the studio version out of respect for the two deceased musicians, Gary Driscoll and Ronnie Dio. What do you think of Catch the Rainbow, Ian? Uh, this could quite possibly be uh, my favorite Rainbow song of all time. I think they nail everything on this. Uh, I, it could be the best vocal I think Ronnie Dio's ever did. Uh, it just fucking flawless. Uh, Blackmore is incredible on it. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the live version, because on stage I have it, but uh, I'm, I'm not as familiar with it probably as you guys. But 
I, I have no faults with the, the, the studio version. I think it is absolutely flawless, truly emotional. I know everybody always goes to fucking Stargazer, but to me, I think this is probably their crowning jewel. To me. Love Catch the Rainbow. Next uh, is Snake Charmer on side two of this classic album, and a nice peppy up-tempo sort of thing. Kind of reminds me of uh, the bastard version of Man on the Silver Mountain, but a little more funkier, but a great song nevertheless. Uh, what's your opinion of Snake Charmer, Ian? Um, it, to, to me, it's filler. Uh, it, it's not bad, but it's not on par with the rest, and it's very funky, which, you know, you know Ralph brought up earlier that um, Richie Blackmore was really he uh, wasn't pleased with Stormbringer thought that Glenn Hughes you know in particular was adding way too much funk uh, to Deep Purple he called it uh, shoeshine music very 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 racist term but hey, that's fucking Blackmore for you um, but uh, it is it's it, it's a funky number but it, it, it's nothing out, it's not horrible but it's not outstanding uh, it, it's just kind of there. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, I love Snake Charmer. Though, I gotta admit, that I used to like it more before. It it uh, doesn't, didn't really age that well, but I do like it because uh, I the thing that sells it is really the rhythm section I love the most about this song. Um, and uh, it's great. It, it, it's a, a Craig Gruber and uh, Driscoll. Uh, they were really good uh, rhythm section, and uh, it shows on this song a lot. I love Snake Charmer. Now, let me go into the next one, which is my favorite song off the album, uh, Temple of the King. What a beautiful, beautiful acoustic song this is. Uh, to me, it's the standout. Uh, I would have to put this one right under Stargazer as my second favorite. That and uh, Gates of Babylon. Those, uh, uh, those three are my favorite songs uh, from Rainbow. Temple of the King, beautiful, beautiful song. And as I said earlier, that Dio tribute, uh, the Scorpions cover this one, and they do a damn fine job. And there's a band called Angel Dust, which I highly recommend. Their album called Bleed, which has the song um, uh, uh, Temple of the King. And their version, I, I think, is even better than Scorpions because it, it's like mellow, but it gets real heavy. I love Angel Dust. Anybody out there, just pause this. Get on YouTube. And look up the song Bleed from Angel Dust. It'll blow your fucking mind how killer that song is. Uh, all right, I take it off with you guys. My favorite song off the album, Temple of the Kings. What do you think, Ian? Uh, second favorite of the album. Uh, it's great. Uh, got, you know, that medieval feel to it that, you know, unfortunately that's all Blackmore does now. But uh, it does. This sounds like, you know, I've never been to a medieval times, but if I ever go, I hope they're playing this, you know. While, I, while I'm eating mutton chops and, you know, watching people joust. Uh, it, 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 ha it has that feel. But, I mean, it is. It's a great song that, you know, takes you. You, you feel it when you listen to this song, you know. You, you, you feel like you're at medieval times overpaying for lamb chops and watching grown men joust. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, great, great song, though. Great song. Terrence? Uh, Temple of the King, I have to agree with you. Um, my favorite on uh, Blackmore's Rainbow as well. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's nice, Rouse. Uh, piss Off, it is my favorite. It's okay. been my favorite since 94, Jackass. Anyways, the song is just a beautiful song. Um, excellent 
the slide guitar solo from Richie Blackmore proving that his slide playing was extremely underrated. And the Scorpions didn't do a bad job with the song either. My favorite cover on that Dio thing was Rob Halford's version of Man on the Silver Mountain. Then again, I'm a fan of the Metal God, I forgot to mention. But um, Temple of the King, Ralph nailed it pretty much. Excellent song. And just, um, and just so you know, Ian, the reason why it's my favorite song off the album is because it's Terrence's favorite song. We did the switcheroo this time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice. Oh, God. You guys are next. Nice. Next is If You Don't Like Rock and Roll. I do like the title, but the song is a little too 1950s sort of uh, bad 1950s facsimile, kind of the weakest song Rainbow ever did, but I've heard worse songs. It's nah, so forth. Ian, your turn. Uh, yeah, I... Ah, this sucks. I gotta agree with you there, Terrence. Uh, it's another one sounds more like Elf to me than Rainbow. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's their worst because their worst would be anything with the fucking Graham Bonnet singing. But uh, oh, that'd be Doogie White. Uh, well, yeah. See, I don't even know that one really. So, but uh, as far as I know, uh, anything on fucking Down to Earth sucks. Down but, to Earth uh, ruled. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Oh, Ralph must love it. I love um, that album. See, Eyes of the World. How can you not like that song? I, I yeah. I don't know. I'm just not a big fucking Graham Bonnet fan. But any, rules. any ugh. anyway, uh, yeah, this is filler. You know, boogie woogie fucking, you know, bullshit. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I can listen to it in the background, but if I put on this album, I'm not gonna go straight to that fucking track for sure. You don't like but, Alcatraz, uh, dude? Uh, out of all his shit, that would be the one I like the most, but it's not saying a whole lot. You know, you know, what's that Island in the sun song? Oh, that's fucking annoying. Oh yeah. About no, God I... bless. About God bless video. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the next album with Steve Vai. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, n- just not a big grab bonnet fan, but, uh, yeah, this track's fucking filler, but, uh, I'm sure Ralph's going to correct me and say he loves it. Okay, uh, 16th century green sleeves, uh, <laughs> which, which oddly enough is the is the only song with lyrics on the CD. Uh, is uh, this song? This again, the way it starts, like you know, uh, it's only been an hour since he locked her in the tower. That's some amazing, amazing lyrics, uh, and this is what pretty much sold. Uh, this I think this is a song that Richie said, man. I got to form a band with this guy, Dio, man, because look how killer we sound together. Uh, th- and, you know, this was also, this song's also a, a blueprint of what was going to be Blackmore's Night. Because, um, what do you call, uh, Blackmore Night is very, you know, this type of music. Renaissance, but this is like Renaissance on steroids. Uh, third favorite track off the album. I like it even more than Man on Silver Mountain. I love uh, 16th Century Green Sleeves. Uh, Ian, um, I gotta agree with you. Unfortunately, I love it. Uh, it's just got a good mood to it. Uh, you know, I, I I wish more Blackmore's Night sounded like this because then I might fucking listen to it. The little bit I listened to was just fucking horrible. But uh, then again, I you know I live in the real world, current times, and I've kissed a girl. So I don't go to a lot of Renaissance fairs, um, but uh, no, a great, great fucking track, and uh, what, what a great, you know, if this was the first sessions, what a great way to start it out. What do you think, Terrence? 
Uh, I have to agree with you, two bastards. Uh, 16th century green sleeves, although the studio version beginning did sound kind of like a bad southern rock facsimile before kicking out of the song. I prefer the live versions on um, Live in 76 Germany and Live in 77 Germany as well. I prefer the song live to studio because there's something about the live performances that just kicked more ass than the studio version, but that's just me. And while at it, I'll begin the final song, Still I'm Sad, which was a Yardbirds cover done in an instrumental way on the studio album, but live. They added lyrics, and uh, the onstage version was just too short because they omitted my favorite part of it, Cozy Powell's drum solo, which was blasphemy. Thank goodness it's on the Live in Germany CD and the Live in Germany 77 CD and DVD. Still I'm Sad, Studio Proby, my least favorite on the album, but live, it fucking rocked. Ralph, what do you think? Well, uh, I have to disagree with you, Terrence, there. Uh, for some reason, I can't explain why, but I prefer this song as an instrumental. I don't really dig the lyrics to it. Uh, it doesn't... I don't know, man. I mean, of course, Dio does no wrong. He can sing the phone book and it'll sound great. And he sings this amazingly great, but I just love the amount of cowbell that's all over this damn song. I love cowbell. <laughs> Fuck Saturday Night Live for making fun of it. All that cowbell going on. Great drumming, uh, and uh, and all the, the the slide guitar and all uh, Blackmore's glory. I just love this, and I love my my favorite part is the part where it goes da 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 da. I love Still I'm Sad. What a great way to end the album. Uh, Ian. Uh, while I, I do agree it's a good way to end it, it's it's not my favorite track. Uh, you know, I, I don't hate it, but it, it just really doesn't do a whole lot for me. But I do think it's a nice way to close the album, and that, that's about the best I can say about it. I... Okay, so then we go into their second album. To me, the most epic album ever, uh, Rainbow Rising. And uh, the very first time I bought this album... Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, when I heard Stargazer on the radio, I had to go out and buy this album. And uh, the vinyl version is different than the CD version because uh, the vinyl, I would put it on and the keyboards were, you know, the intro to it. Uh, but the guitar, that came in much earlier than the CD version. The CD version came in much later. Now, Terrence, I noticed you do have the remastered version, which I don't. So maybe they did fix it. But I have, the, I have the original one. That, you have the Los Angeles mix. I have the New York mix. Okay. Well, I prefer the New York mix. Uh, and I, I should buy that, that CD, actually. Uh, and which, it's worth which, every penny. Yeah, exactly. Which goes into the, the, the first song, Terrent Woman. Amazing song, which I actually saw Ronnie James Dio perform this song on the Lock Up the Wolves tour. Uh, he actually played Terrent Woman, which was amazing. Um what can I say? It's it's awesome, and uh, I just love the hell out of Terror Woman. What a great opening song for this album. What do you think, Terrence, of Terror Woman? Terror Woman, I actually heard the LA mix first in 94 when I first bought the CD then, or my dad and I paid for it together. Uh, Terror Woman is just a fucking killer, killer, killer song. You hit the nail right on the head of what I think of Terror Woman, just a fucking masterpiece. And I knew right there this album was going to be a fucking special album. And that's all I got to say about Tower Woman. It fucking rocks my world. What do you think, Ian? 
Uh, I love it. I think it's a great way to start out the album. And it's really, this is where they discover their, their sound, I think. You know, there's a lot, there's different stuff on, uh, on Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, where some of it kind of sounds like Elf, some of it sounds like Blackmore, but this is like the band really coming together. Of course, I mean, it's a different lineup. But uh, I think this is really, this sounds like, when I think of Rainbow, this is what I think of. And um, just a great, amazing track. And I really wish I would have seen the Lock Up the Wolves tour because not only do I like that album, but I would love to hear Terror Woman live, which I never did. Uh, n- next song uh, Next song is Run, Run, Run with, with the Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, Run with the Wolf. Um, to me, it's okay. You know, it's you know kind of got a funky, you know, stomp to it. Uh, it's all right, but... Uh, you know, compared to some of the other tracks, it, it doesn't really stand out. It's it's kind of like uh, wallpaper on this album. I, I, it just doesn't really do anything for me. But uh, I'm sure Ralph disagrees. So, Ralph, what do you think? Of course I disagree. It's a great fucking song, you moron. Yeah. All right. Okay. You win. Run With The Wolf is awesome. I'm not sure they ever played this one live uh, because maybe they were thinking, you know, our, 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 our audience are morons like Ian. Let's not play this one. But um, right. it's a great, great song. I, I love Running With The Wolf. I really don't have much more to add to it. Not my favorite song, obviously, on the album, but I do dig the song. What do you think, Terrence? I think Run With The Wolf fucking rules. It's one of my favorites. Actually, this whole album is perfect as far as I'm concerned. This song just fucking rocks. I mean, Richie Blackmore's slide guitar solo in the middle. Fucking epic. Ronnie's singing on it. Killer. Cozy Powell. Perfect replacement. May he too rest in peace. He did know wrong in this album as far as drummers go, because I'm a drummer, obviously. Jimmy Bain's bass playing, kicking some ass. And Tony Carey, he was also an unsung hero on this masterpiece of an album. And I might as well go into the next track, which is Starstruck, which is an excellent ditty. Apparently, uh, Lemmy and Biff from Saxon covered it on the recently released Dio tribute album, and I think Starstruck was an excellent song because it's a damn shame we only played the first verse of it on um, Rainbow on stage, but the um, studio version is excellent. A lot of people think it's kind of cheesy, but I like cheese, and this song, in my view, this whole album is fucking perfect as far as I'm concerned. I love this song. Uh, I have nothing more to say. What do you have to say, Ian? Uh, yeah, well, if you love cheese, you can have my, my fucking slice then, because this, this song does nothing for me. Uh, <laughs> of course it doesn't. Yeah, I, I think it's total filler, and and it pains me to say this, but I don't even like the fucking the, the cover version that fucking Lemmy and Biff do, and I l- fucking worship Motorhead and Saxon, uh, but even they couldn't fucking polish this turd. I, I think it, I think, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's utter filler, um... I don't know. It it does nothing for me. Uh, I the, I have issues with this album where most people like, oh, this is the be all end all. Uh, I'm not of that opinion. And interestingly enough, neither was Ronnie James Dio. He he said he actually preferred uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow over this album. And he said he didn't see why everybody made such a big stink about it. And I gotta say, I agree with him. Well, but, uh, in, in Ronnie's defense, he was talking about side two. He loves Starstruck. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And King Diamond's name is Morty Finkelstein. No, no, no. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Ronnie James Dio did Starstruck on the Holy Diver tour. So if he didn't like the song, he wouldn't have played it in his solo career. Okay. There's a lot of hooks to it. 
I just love the hell out of this song. This song just fucking rules. And it was like, uh, again, the you can hear all over this song the magic that Ronnie James Dio and Richie Blackmore would create. They had a great chemistry, and it's all over Starstruck. Uh, I'll go into the next one. Do You Close Your Eyes is my least favorite song on the album. I don't hate the song, but to me it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's not, uh, you know, and they would play it live. And I think this is the one song where Ronnie James Dio compromised with Blackmore because Blackmore did want to go into more of a love song connection, uh, uh, you know, sing about love songs and stuff like that where I think Ronnie did compromise with him. Uh, and Richie did, like, um, you know, bring this riff back on the song Power from uh, Straight Between the Eyes. It's the same damn riff. Do you close Do you close your eyes? Excellent way to end side one. Short, punchy song. I do prefer it live, though. That was when Richie Blackmore would take off his excellent Fender Stratocaster, grab the cheapo one, and smash that son of a bitch to hell. And Cozy, Jimmy Bain, and Tony Carey keeping the thing going while Blackmore just fucking pulverized his guitar. And Dio would be like, okay, guys, I'm off for a break. I'll see you when Richie's done smashing his guitar to hell. Uh, I think I know why he smashed his guitar, because even Richie Blackmore can't make shit of this fucking shit song. Uh, yeah, this, this is, man, you want to talk about fucking filler. This album, this album starts out so great with Terra Woman, and then it just, you, you know, and then it's a step down around the wolf, and then you got Starstruck, and this fucking shit. It's like, what could resurrect this fucking album? Hopefully, you know, it's coming up in the next two songs, because this one is just uh, fucking nothing. I mean, this this is some of the worst shit Ronnie James Dio was ever on, and, and, and I've heard Angry Machines, but uh, this, this is total fucking filler, but... Uh, Hopefully uh, the next song uh, changes my mind. What do you think about the next song, Ralph? Well, I think it's the greatest song ever written in the history of the world. And I don't think any song will ever top it. Stargazer is the greatest song I've ever heard in my life. Everything about it is perfect. The intro, the amazing drum little intro from Cozy Powell. The riff that just goes pretty much the whole song is one riff. And I just love the hell out of it. The vocals, the delivery, the subject matter, the insane guitar solo that's not a shred fest. It's an emotional fest. It's just such a great, great, great song. I love the hell out of Stargazer. Not much more I can say is, uh, except uh, it's like an epic song. Now, Dio loved the song, but he had a problem with the long, extended guitar solo. And the same thing with Light in the Black. I, he didn't hate Light in the Black. He just hated how it went forever. And uh, he thought they should have been trimmed down a bit. And that's the reason why he wasn't a big fan of Rainbow Rising. Because uh, there is a video on YouTube. It's called uh, Ronnie James Dio's Brutally Honest uh, Interview. Which actually I put up. But then I was banned from YouTube. Because I don't remember what the hell I put on that page. But somebody actually took it from me. And it's still up on YouTube, which I don't care. I wasn't the one that filmed it, so I don't know rights to it. But I'm just saying, one for me, that guy wouldn't have it up right now. And I highly recommend you watch that interview because Ronnie talks about every single album he's performed on. And he's very honest about all of them, what he likes, what he doesn't like. And when it came to Rainbow, uh, 
he said he didn't like side two. You know, that was it. Oh, let's and he even said, oh, let's put a long drum solo here. Let's put a long guitar solo. I was like, there ain't no drum solo on here. So I think Ronnie hasn't listened to it so long that he forgot how it is. But uh, again, I, I, I can go on and on, but all I have to say about Stargazer, it is the greatest song I've ever heard in my life. No song is better than Stargazer. That's, I mean, how much more can I add to that? Uh, Ian, you. All right. Well, thankfully, I get to disagree with you. Uh, I think the greatest song ever is Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. But, Liar. Uh, yeah, well, 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 no, that's a great song. Uh, I, I, I love Stargazer. Do I think it's the best song ever? No. Do I think it's the best rainbow song ever? No. But it is good. Um, I, I, and I shouldn't say good. It, it is great. It is great, but uh, I'm just not on it like everybody else is. I mean, a lot of people's opinions, this is one of the greatest songs ever, but I don't share that opinion, even though I still love it. Uh, Terrence, why don't you jump on the Ralph boat? Okay, I think I will. Stargazer is my favorite hard rock song of all time. My favorite of all time is Shiny Crazy Diamond from Pink Floyd, and that's on my favorite album of all time, which we were here, but I digress. Rainbow Rising is my favorite hard rock album of all time, and Stargazer is my favorite hard rock song of all time. How's that, Ian, you bastard? The yeah. song, the way it begins with the fucking... It originally began with a keyboard, which was eliminated from the final mix, and then Cozy's drumming comes in, and uh, the L.A. mix had all the phasing, flanging removed, and Dio's vocals were natural sounding on the normal original mix, which is the CD that I have. There's flanging, or what they called phasing on the guitars, and Dio's vocals were delayed. And I preferred the uh, New York mix myself once I heard it in 99. And the song just fucking epic, 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 epic. And when they did it live, Tony Carey preceded the song with a lengthy keyboard solo, which kicks ass. And it's on that Live in Germany CD that Ralph has. And then Cozy comes in with the drum roll. And then all of a sudden into the song we went. And it kicked so much ass. And they did play it on the Rainbow Rising Tour and in all of its glory. And Stargazer to me, is the greatest Rainbow song ever off of the greatest Rainbow album ever, Rainbow Rising. And I will introduce A Light in the Black, which is, for me as a drummer, a fucking masterpiece song. Fucking the song just kicks so much ass, it's not even funny. Um, you know, Cozy playing the same beat for eight minutes, pretty much. That's one of the reasons I think they dropped the song from the set list, because it took a lot out of Cozy who drummed his ass off on every show on the Rising Tour, especially the U.S. leg, which they performed it for like the first month or two of the U.S. leg of the Rising Tour before it was dropped permanently. But I think A Light in the Black is a perfect way to end a perfect album and just prototype speed metal before speed metal is fashionable. What do you think of A Light in the Black, Ian? Uh, by far my favorite track on the album and probably my, my second favorite Rainbow track of all time. Uh, right under Catch the Rainbow. But, I, I, fuck, I don't know, man. It's, it could be a tie between Catch the Rainbow and this. I think this is. I think it buries fucking Stargazer. And, I'm, and once again, I'm not cutting down Stargazer, but I think this song is light years ahead of that. And you brought up Cozy's drumming, which I even put down in my notes because it's just it's fucking amazing. Probably the best drumming that I can think of that Cozy's done. Uh, amazing, amazing track that... Uh, you know, it's sad we can't hear this song anymore because we no longer have Cozy or Ronnie James Dio. Uh, I wish somebody, you know, some great band would add this to their fucking set list 
because it's absolutely fucking amazing. And wish I knew, you know, wish, wish Blackmore would pull his head out of his ass and play some shit like this. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, yeah. A relentless, epic, killer song. Uh, awesome that it comes after my favorite song of all time. It's pretty much like Stargazer on steroids. It's uh, a long song with a, yeah, the drum beat. It's just nonstop. And uh, it's hard rocking, man. And it's uh, the reason, one of the main reasons I think this is one of the greatest albums ever made because of songs like this. You put songs like this, Stargazer, Starstruck, Terror Woman, all in one package, forget it, man. It could be, the rest could be filler for all I care. I mean, that, that alone uh, makes this album so epic. So we go into, uh, well, I'm briefly, we're not going to go into the tracks, but before, after Rising, they released Rainbow on Stage, uh, which uh, is odd, oddly enough, opens with Kill the King, which uh, the studio version uh, appears on the next one. Uh, on Stage, uh, I didn't get it at first, but I really love this album now because it has all those little jamming parts. Uh, you know, to me, that was like um, not a lot of live albums I like that are very jammy, you know, a lot of improv stuff. But this one is an exception. I really do love this one. I love this one more than the the other live one, the unofficial one, the Germany one. I think On Stage was just a great, great live album. And... Uh, it takes more than a one listen. I mean, don't expect, you know, quick songs because most songs on here are like, you know, like Catch the Rainbows, 15 Minutes, Mistreated, which is a Deep Purple song uh, from the Burn album, which I love the way Dio sings it. Does does Coverdale justice? Um, on stage, I think now has to be my third favorite live Rainbow album, although it was the first one that I had. You see but, that, um, Ian? You see that? My favorite is on uh, stage, and it's his third favorite. How do you like those apples? Yeah, how much I, you pay him? Shut up. 25 well, bucks. The, the, live, in, live, in, live in Germany, 76 is superior as far as I'm concerned, but that's just me. Actually, take that back. Germany, 77, with the long-lived rock and roll lineup is my favorite live Rainbow album, from uh, which was released in 2007. And, um, did that have Stargazer? Unfortunately, no. They did play it that night. It just didn't release it. Wasn't re released, but they did. But actually, Tide, Tide is live in Germany, 76 and 77, so it's a tie. So I lied. It's a tie. Because uh, live in Germany, 76, superior in my view. It was earlier in the tour. By the time they recorded on stage, it was the Japanese leg, so it was at the tail end, so they were a little tired. So I can defend on stage that they were tired at the very end of the tour when they recorded on stage, which was mainly from their Japanese stops of the uh, Rising tour. But I can give them the benefit of the doubt because once I heard live in Germany in February of 94, I kind of never really played on stage again. What do you think of on stage, Ian? Uh, all right. I'm going to let our listeners in on you know a little behind the scenes. Um when we agreed we were going to do this episode was uh, was the previous day, and I was pretty fucking drunk. Um, so I forgot we were going to do this, and I didn't get to listen to this album proper. Uh, I have it, and I've listened to it before. I, you know, I, I've got the remaster. I listened to it once, and it really didn't catch me, which I'm surprised because I'm a live album fanatic. I mean, I love live albums. To me, if you can't play this shit live, you ain't worth the fucking shit, you know? 
Uh, you know, even if you touch it up in the studio, you know, I love a lot of, you know, Unleashed in the Studio by Judas Priest. I love, you know, Kiss Alive 1 and 2 I love. But uh, this one didn't catch me on the first listen. I need to go back. And I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm going to let Terrence and Ralph uh, go back and forth on this album. And oh, I'm, no, I'm going to stay mean, neutral. I mean, we're pretty much done with it. Uh, I think you should go back and listen to your favorite track because I think it's superior on, on stage than the studio version. But let's go into the last album, A Long Live Rock and Roll. A very unhappy album for Ronnie James Dio. Um, though I did talk to him about one of the songs when I met him for the first time, and I was surprised that he agreed with me because um, I didn't think he liked the song. But um, I'll go into it. Uh, the title track, Long Live Rock and Roll, which is the song that should have exploded Rainbow, if you ask me. Back at that time, uh, that song, I mean, I'm thinking, man, late 70s, you know, to sing a song called Long Live Rock and Roll should have exploded. And I do remember as a small kid, the first time I saw, you know, I actually knew about this album because there was a, there was an ad in, I think it was a cream magazine where it showed like a limo where somebody looking outside of a limo and a bunch of people like on top of the limo and it said rainbow wrong, live rock and roll. Another thing is if uh, I have the vinyl version and there's a, a shot of the, do you have it there, Ian? Yeah, there you go. That shot, there's a shot of the crowd holding up a sign that says Long Live Rock and Roll. That's actually a Rush concert where they're holding up a sign of Rush <laughs> and they superimposed, they, they superimposed uh, Long Live Rock and Roll on it. Uh, Ian is now looking for that picture. Uh, that's Terrence. Oh, I'm sorry, Ter Terrence. And, um, yeah, so, boxes here. Well, they can't see it, Terrence. They're going to have to take our word for it. But, uh, yeah, right there, that's the same picture Terrence is showing us now because we're doing this on Skype on the webcam. It's a picture of, you know, the, the, the Rush logo, the naked man and the star, and uh, they put Long Live Rock and Roll over it. And, uh, but, Blacked out uh, the Rush T-shirts. Yeah. Oh, did they even do that? Wow. Okay, yeah. so, um, yeah, because unfortunately they weren't as big as Rush, which they should have been. Um Long live rock and roll. What a great anthem. One of the greatest anthems to have rock and roll on it. Much better than rock and roll all night, but maybe it's because I'm burnt out on that fucking song. Uh, what do you think of long live rock and roll, Terrence? I agree with you. Long live rock and roll fucking rules. In fact, they premiered the song before the album was released on their 1977 Germany performance, which is on DVD and CD for those of you who want to buy it. I highly recommend it. Excellent live version. Um, <clears throat> and I prefer that version to the studio version. Once I've heard it live, I seldomly listen to the studio version. But the studio version does kick recon ass. And that's all I got to say about the title track to Long Live Rock and Roll. What do you got to say, Ayatollah Ian? Uh, yeah, to, to quote Terrence, it does kick recon ass, whatever the fuck that means. I love this fucking song. Uh, it, it is a great anthem. You know, it's uh, I'm glad you brought up your sick of rock and roll all night, cause so am I. But it kind of reminds me almost of like you can't kill rock and roll by Judas Priest. I mean, by Judas Priest, Twisted Aussie. Sister, Twisted. Uh, ah, what the fuck? I'm drinking. You can't Aussie. stop. You can't stop rock and roll by uh, Twisted Sister. Uh, it, it's just one of those. It's a great fucking anthem. Um, not much more you can say. You know, it's just it, it's incredible. It sums up 
in my opinion, you know, 70s era rock and roll and rock and roll in general. Uh, just fantastic. And uh, it's another song that should always be played. Uh, next song. Next song is probably one of my favorites off the album, Lady of the Lake. Um, love this fucking song, even though it's a Led Zeppelin ripoff of uh, the Wanton song. Piss off. But uh, no, it's it, no, it is, though. I mean, it rips off the rip, but it's fucking awesome. Uh, and this song, I always I listen to Eddie Trunk rocks. It used to, it's no longer live on Friday nights, but it used to be live. And two songs I always requested that never got played was Lady of the Lake and Charlotte the Harlot by Iron Maiden. Those were the ones that I never got through. Um, just a great, great song, uh, you know, musically, lyrically. Uh, man, just everybody's firing on all cylinders on Lady of the Lake. What do you think about it, Terrence? Lady of the Lake fucking rules. Um, it doesn't sound like the one song by Led Zeppelin, I have to correct you. I mean, okay. Ronnie Dio's vocals are not flanged to hell. It was phased, what they called phasing in those days. I meant, I, meant, I meant the guitar riff. Okay. The guitar riff didn't sound like Lady uh, of the Wanton song either. Okay. It's 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 different. And um, to me, it's just a smoking, kick-ass tune. Richie Blackmore, musically the star of the show, Dio's vocals on it. His multi-track vocals, him doing all the harmonies and shit, proved why he was arguably the greatest hard rock metal singer of all time. His singing on it is just spot on and ace. What do you have to say about Lady of the Lake, Ralphie Boy? I think both of you covered exactly what I'm going to say. So uh, for not sounding like a, a broken record, <laughs> I can just say that I agree with both of you equally. And uh, I don't uh, have much more to say. I love the damn song. So I'll go into the next one. L.A. Connection. L.A. Connection. Man, do I love this song. I love... Uh, the, the thing I love the most about this song is that Ian hates it. Bring me home my broken bones and lay me down to rest. What a great, great lyric. And uh, there is a video, believe it or not. They did three videos to this album. Uh, one for uh, L.A. Connection, which is the, actually... It's uh, different vocals, actually. It's... Uh, well, actually, all... All three, Long Live Rock and Roll, L.A. Connection, then Gates of Babylon, they made videos for where the band is playing to the recording, but it's actually live vocals from Ronnie James Dio. L.A. Connection is an amazing, killer, kick-ass song. Um, you know what? Just I'm looking at the track listing now, and I have to say that I like this album more than the, more than the first Rainbow album because... The first Rainbow album had a couple songs I don't like, and looking at this list right here of the tracks on here, I love every song off this album, and L.A. Connection is one of them. What do you think, uh, Terrence? L.A. Connection, I concur with you, Ralph. The song kicks so much ass. The video, the first video that it had, um, that's not on the DVD, had um, footage of Los Angeles as it was in 1978, and it was trimmed down to like three minutes or so, but the version that's on the live in Germany Live in Munich DVD, excuse me, uh, is the whole five-minute um, song with them just performing it on a soundstage with Dio singing a different lead vocal track. And the song just fucking rocks. Richie Blackmore's sly guitar solo, again, kicks so much ass. As a matter of fact, this was the final Rainbow album I acquired initially because it was a bitch to find in 94. Uh, and uh, when my father brought it home after it, him going jogging and buying Taco Bell dinner, he brought home the CD for me for being well-behaved in school. I put the bastard on, and this track just jumped out at me like the rest of this album, and I concur. 
this album is on par with Rising. Rising was a hard act to follow, but Long Live Rock and Roll is easily my second favorite Dio era Rainbow album. What do you have to say about LA Connection, Ian, you un ungrateful son of a bitch? Uh, I'd rather have a Taco Bell dinner than, than listen to this fucking song. Uh, definitely, if not my least favorite, tied for my... Yeah, no, this is probably my least favorite. And I know why Ralph loves it, because uh, you know it was originally called Run With The Wolf. Sounds like the fucking same thing. Um, it just does nothing for me. Nothing. And it, to me, it sticks out like a fucking sore thumb you know, to the rest of the album. It just doesn't. It sounds out of place. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, I, I miss this fucking boat. That's for goddamn sure. Uh, so we all gave our opinions on that. I'll go into Gates of Babylon. Uh, it's Stargazer Part Two. Uh, you know, it, it's, whatever. Yeah, okay. What fucking ever? Uh, yeah, it's it's Stargazer Part Two, and it's not as good as Stargazer. And you know, I ain't even on the Stargazer. I mean, I love Stargazer, but uh, yeah, this 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 is a weak attempt at doing it again, and uh, it didn't work for me. And I've heard covers of this song, like Ingve did a cover of it. And and then that didn't change my fucking mind. It's it's not horrible, but uh, you know, it 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 doesn't justify the length to me because it just ain't there. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, best song on the album by far. Uh, and right. like I said earlier, it's like the, the my top three Rainbow songs: Stargazer, Gates of Babylon, and Temple of the King. What a great great song this is. Sleep with the devil and then you will burn. I mean, wow, man. What what and all that music going on in the background, the violin, that orchestra thing. Oh man, it, it's just yeah, I guess it's Stargazer Part Two, which is a fucking it's like it's like Godfather Part Two, okay? They're both fucking rule. Godfather one rule, Godfather Two rule. So that's how I look at Gates of Babylon. A fucking epic song, greatest song on the album. And yeah, probably in my top 10 of greatest songs of all time, Terrence. I have one. Uh, Sylvester the Cat, why don't you tell, uh, say something to Ian? Ah, shut up. <laughs> Gates of Babylon fucking kicks so much ass. Thank you, Sylvester. Not a problem, Terrence. I'm sticking up for you and for Ralph. Thank you, Sylvester. Anyway, Gates of Babylon fucking rules, man. This song is just so epic. As a matter of fact, it's my second favorite Rainbow song of all time as well. And I'm not riding on Ralph's nuts either about it, but it's the fucking truth. Gates of Babylon kicks so much ass the way it begins. It has a sort of a Middle Eastern vibe, which is something unusual because I didn't hear any Middle Eastern vibe in the music of Stargazer. This, on the other hand, I do hear some Middle Eastern sort of vibe to it because it's about magic carpets and, you know, all that old ancient Egypt Aladdin's lamp sort of thing, but fucking epic song. Richie Blackmore's guitar delivered, fucking David Stone's synthesizer solo. I don't know if it was him or Tony Carey that recorded it, but I think it fucking smokes. Gates of Babylon, easily the best song on Long Live Rock and Roll, Ian. And since you're too um, obnoxious to agree with us, I will introduce the next track, you stupid motherfucker. Oh. Next oh, wow. is... Wow. Next... Next is Kill the King, and Kill the King kicks ass. It begins, It's the studio version is not bad. It's it's great, but live, it was a whole different ball game. But once they did the studio version, it's on par with the live versions. And uh, 
that's all I got to say about Kill the King is it fucking rocks. What do you think, Ralph? I think Kill the King is the very first power metal song ever written. Uh, a lot of these power metal bands, your your Hammer Falls and, and uh, you know, Rhapsody and stuff like that. I mean, that this is the blueprint of all that stuff. This is total power metal uh, in 1978. I mean, come on. How, how incredible is that, you know? Way before his time. Uh, Kill the King, monster, monster song. And... Uh, not much more I can say about it. It was debuted on on stage before uh, "Long Live Rock and Roll" was released, and uh, I'd have to say, Terrence, that I do disagree. I would have to go with the studio version. I don't know why. I love the live version, but I, there's something about the studio version I just love more. Uh, Ian. Okay. Yeah. Not that anybody cares about my opinion because I'm so obviously wrong. No, uh, but everybody loves to laugh. Yeah. Uh, Bring in the clown. That's right. Bring in the clowns. The uh, Jester. Uh, it, it, this is a good rocker. Uh, to me, this sounds, you know, you know kind of reminds me of what uh, the Dio band would become. Or, you know, I think this would fit in perfect on uh, Holy Diver, Last in Line. Um, it sounds, I, I hear this, I hear more Dio than I hear Rainbow. And, and you know, it's not a bad thing. Great track. Um, I agree. I, I like the studio version better than the live version. Um, just a just a great song. Uh, so next we go into the shed. Um, subtitled subtle. Yeah, subtitled subtle. Uh, Should have been subtitled fucking filler. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, this, this this is another one uh, that you know I, I missed the boat on. Does does nothing. For, it, it's okay. I I don't hate it. But, uh, you know, nothing that stands out. You know, it, it definitely ain't fucking Long Live Rock and Roll, Lady of the Lake. Um, fuck, it ain't even Gates of Babylon uh, or, or Kill the King. Uh, it, it's not horrible, but, it, you know, it's, it's nothing to write home about. What do you think, Terrence? I think uh, sh- The Shed, a subtitle The Subtle, fucking kicks ass. You obviously have no appreciation for real music, Ian. The song just fucking smells. You know, this song is just a fucking epic masterpiece. One of my favorites on the album. Hell, this whole album is perfect. Uh, not as perfect as Rising, but still, I love the Long Live Rock and Roll album, and this song is another reason why I love the album so much, you ungrateful bastard. Yeah, I think Ian, Ian looks really pissed off here on, on Skype, man. He's like, <laughs> man, I've had enough of these two assholes. God damn, man. What the fuck, man? I'm making more. I'm getting more pounding than that chick got from Ralph last night. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So, uh, what do I think of the shed? I think it's a pounding song. It's really kick-ass. I love it because Terrence loves it. Next song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next song is "Sensitive to Light," which I know Ian. I just know Ian doesn't like this one. Uh, and more fast tempo. I love it. I think it's fucking great. Um, and uh, not really much I want to add to it. I just think it's a great, great song. Um, I'm going to let Ter- uh, Terrence uh, talk about it because I'm going to leave the, the, the best for last. Because Ian, Ian, you rule, dude. As much as we make fun of you, I, I love the hell out of you because you are one funny bastard with your insane opinions. So, uh, Terrence, what, uh, Thank you. what do you think of Sensitive to Light? Sensitive to Light is an excellent 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 song my only complaint is that it's too short it should have been four minutes long not three the song is so fucking killer 
and what else I gotta say? Fucking Cozy Powell. Since I'm a drummer, fucking delivered the drums on the song. It's a damn shame it's the last song he played drums on this album because I wanted more drumming from Cozy. God rest his glorious soul. Ian, what do you think of um, Sensitive to Light? You better not hate it, you asshole. <laughs> sensitive, to li- sensitive to Light. Uh, Should have been called Hard on the Ears. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this one coming off 12th Avenue. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. Yeah, to me, it's just it's more filler. It's it's a filler, man. It's like, uh, you know, it, like it could have been on fucking Girls, 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 you know. Another right, album let's that's not all... get crazy here. Well, no, I'm just saying that's an album full of fucking filler, and this is a fucking filler track. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm here. Uh, yeah, it does, does nothing for me. Absolutely nothing for me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even have an opinion enough to hate it. And to me, that's almost worse. I'd rather hate something... To just have it just be there. And to me, this song is just like being there. And, uh, but, but maybe it's cause, you know, these last couple songs are so fucking bland and so shitty. It makes the last track rainbow eyes that much more outstanding. I love, love, love rainbow eyes. Another one, one of the most beautiful vocals that, uh, Ronnie James Dio ever did. Just an absolute gorgeous song and a, and a great way to end the album. Um, you know, I love half of this and I could do without the <laughs> other half, but you know, this is something I could not do without. And uh, what a great way to coda Ronnie James Dio, uh, Ronnie James Dio's era in rainbow. Absolutely fucking perfect. Yeah. N- nice part there, Terrence. Um, but uh, yeah, Hey, uh, stinky. What do you think about this song? <laughs> stinky. I yeah. think I think this fucking song rules you, asshole. Oh, Rainbow okay. Eyes is a masterpiece. I fucking you know Richie Blackmore's guitar. A lot of people will knock it as a, you know, catch the rainbow light with the guitar playing, but I think it's Blackmore's most soulful guitar playing. It's just Richie Blackmore's Fender Stratocaster clean through the Marshall stack without all the uh, distortion. Ronnie Dio's beautiful vocals on this track. I mean times when I hear it, actually, my eyes start to well up at how beautiful his vocal delivery on, is on this song. It's just I, I, I thought that was your fart that made you cry. Ah, piss off. Okay, bye. This, the lyrics are... It's just the, it's so emotionally moving in a good way. I actually, it brings tears of joy whenever I hear Dio sing it, because it's so magical, and the, and the string quartet made it even more special. I mean, there was nothing wrong that Dio did on this album although rising was a hard act to follow they did equally outdo them almost outdid themselves with long live rock and roll and rainbow eyes i think was ronnie's best vocal performance on a rainbow song and a perfect way to end his time with the band what do you think ralph well i have to disagree with ian when ian said oh this is one of ronnie james Dio's best vocals you stupid moron it is his best vocal not one of them the best. Hey, I'm never he right. Ever I'm did. never fucking right. Yeah, you're not right here, man. Saying one of his best. What's wrong with you? It is his best. You don't. We don't deserve... have time to get into hey, it. Hey, hey, you don't deserve <laughs> to like this song. You are forbidden to like this song. When I met Ronnie, I said this to him. I said, "Ronnie, Rainbow Eyes," and he looked at me and he goes, "I love that song. What an emotional killer song that." When Ronnie James Dio passed away, I made it a point not to listen to this because I knew I was going to cry. And I haven't heard this song, I don't think since, yeah, I think I have listened to it maybe once since Ronnie passed away because 
you know, Ronnie James Dio was very special to me as far as, uh, you know, growing up. You know, I discovered him during the Sabbath years. Then I went back to Rainbow, and uh, to sum up Rainbow, uh, it is my favorite Ronnie James Dio uh, project was Rainbow. I love Sabbath. I love most of Dio albums. I never really got into Elf. Uh, the reason why, and I don't know, I don't think I've given it enough of a chance because uh, the honky-tonk piano turns me off. Now, there is a song, uh, and I own all three Elf vinyls, which I had Ronnie sign them. There is a song off the first one called Nevermore, which I fucking love because it doesn't have no honky-tonk piano. It does have piano, but it's just a beautiful song. Uh, I should get more into Elf and listen to it uh, because I love Ronnie James Dio. And meeting him both those times, there's nobody, I mean nobody I've ever met in bands as cool as Ronnie James Dio, how he was to me and to everybody that was there. He was, uh, he, he really loved the fans, you know, and he loved people and he was very curious what we all felt. And man, anybody that's met Ronnie James Dio has the same story I have. It was, he was more personal, like the, you know, and, and both time I met him, I think I've spent like maybe five minutes with him each time. And it felt like an eternity. And he always made you feel good when you walked away from it. It was like, wow, man, such a legend was so fucking cool. Such a nice guy that it breaks my heart that he's no longer with us. He was, he was the real deal, man. And he's been around since the freaking fifties, which I have some of that doo-wop stuff that he did. That's great. And, you know, there's even recordings of him doing uh war pigs back at, before elf. You know, which is kind of weird. But anyway, Ronnie James Dio, God bless him. Also, you know, Driscoll and Cozy Powell. Cozy Powell happens to be one of my favorite drummers of all time. Um, Rainbow is, to me, my favorite era of Ronnie. Maybe it has a lot to do with Blackmore, because Blackmore, to me, is one of the greats that I wish would strap on the fucking uh, Stratocaster again and put it, plug it into a Marshall again. I mean, I miss him. But I love Blackmore so much that I don't really mind the Blackmore Night stuff. But I do have to listen to it in small doses after a while. I get a little bored of it. But I really do love the first one, Shadow of the Moon, which I thought was a really good album. And the other ones were good, too. But it's, I'm more of a, you know, Deep Purple, Rainbow type stuff, man. Which uh, I don't know if all of you, any of you read this, but he did say that he is open to do, like, a rainbow or plug in again and do like a, a show where he does deep purple and rainbow songs. But he said he'd only do it like at a festival, like a European festival, one off shows. He is open to that. And if he does that, I'm buying a fucking plane ticket. Rainbow, as far as I'm concerned, is one of my favorite groups of all time. And you nailed it about Ronnie James Dio. It's, I never met the guy, but I saw him live twice, once in 2002 when he opened for uh, the Scorpions in Deep Purple. Arguably, he stole the show. And then I saw him again when him and Black Sabbath, a.k.a. Heaven and Hell, played in 2007 with Alice Cooper and Queensryche. That, to me, is probably my favorite hard rock metal show of all time. And that's no bullshit there, folks, either. Um, Dio was just an incredible singer. I loved all of his work with Rainbow, all of his work with Sabbath. Um, and slash Heaven and Hell, and most of his solo work. I mean, although Dream Evil was kind of like the weak link of the solo album, still better than any bullshit that was out in 1987, let's put it bluntly. 
But um, Ronnie Dio, I wish I'd met the dude. He was nothing but a cool, kind-hearted rock star. There's not many of those in the world. Seems like all the good people die before they're allotted time, which saddens me. It's not to steal from Iron Maiden, but it seems like only the good die young and all the evil seem to live forever. That's, you know, Dio was taken away before his allotted time and wish he was still around. We have the music and uh, Rainbow, you know, all, all eras of Rainbow. I fucking like, except for Stranger in a Saw, I just couldn't get into. But, you know, nothing bad to say about Rainbow. And God rest um, Cozy Powell and um, uh, Gary Driscoll and Ronnie James Dio souls. What do you have to say, Ian, about Rainbow? And don't disrespect the dead. Uh, ah, fuck the dead. But, uh... <laughs> I have to disagree. Uh, fuck you. Dream Evil is a fucking awesome album. But uh, I love Ronnie James Dio. I actually, I, uh, a couple of days after his passing, I got the Dio logo tattooed on my arm in respect of Ronnie James Dio because they meant that much to me. Uh, his music speaks to me. I got to meet him one time, and he was super nice. He said that I do the best fucking album reviews, and he apologized for Starstruck. Uh, very nice guy. Uh, uh, no, I absolutely love him. Uh, love what he did with Rainbow. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with Ralph on on the Elf. The boogie-woogie shit kind of fucking turns me off. But there's a song I really love and would recommend called Happy off of uh, Carolina County Ball, which I think is a, is a great song. Uh, I think what he did with Black Sabbath was absolutely amazing. Like, uh, you know, most of the time I hate it when a singer replaces... You know, somebody as iconic as Ozzy, but I think he did it impeccably. His solo band was incredible. Uh, you know, and, and Rainbow is just another excellent chapter. Uh, I can't stand fucking Down to Earth. Um, the Joe Of course Lynn, you don't. Yeah, of course I don't. Yeah, because it sucks. Uh, the fucking Joe Lynn Turner era. Uh, while there is some great fucking gems, uh, you know, it, it, it's a little t- too commercial, but that was by request of Richie Blackmore. He wanted something that was on par with Foreigner. I mean, that's what he was... And I love Foreigner, but, I mean, that's what he was aiming for. He, he Fuck artistic integrity. You know, he wanted something that was going to fucking sell. You know, and, and then, you know, goes back to fucking Purple, then gives that up, and now he's doing this horrible fucking Renaissance shit that I cannot get behind. But if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do, but I think he's a fucking idiot. And, uh, you know, he needs to go back to what he's great at, but... Uh, uh, he he likes my reviews about as much as you two guys, so uh, you know probably won't have much luck there. But uh, love Rainbow, love Ronnie James Dio, love the drumming of Cozy Powell. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Gary Driscoll. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, you know, Starstruck sucks. That's all I got. It's off. Okay, well I, I want I didn't talk about the later Rainbow stuff uh, before we close out. I'd like to say that. Uh, I love every every incarnation of Rainbow. Uh, just the Dio, Dio one I like the most. My second would be actually uh, Grandpa on it, actually. Oh, I mean, I, I love right. I love the Lynn Turner stuff. Uh, you know, and uh, God, I mean, one of the greatest guitar solos ever is off like the most uh, popular Rainbow song, which was Stone Cold. What love a, Stone Cold. What a guitar solo on that song, man. My God. And, uh, you know, Death Valley Driver, uh, Eyes of Fire, which is very old school rainbow type stuff, it's just like uh, Eyes of the World from uh, Down to Earth. 
And uh, Stranger Than All, a very misunderstood album. I thought it was a really good album. To me, it's kind of like a continuation of the very underrated. Uh, oh God, now I can't remember the name of the album. What was the last album with? Uh, oh, don't say Battle Rages. Yes, on. Battle Rages. Oh, on. that was horrible. Great album. I love, I love Battle Rages on. Maybe oh, I should give uh, Strangers Ram, all a second chance. Uh, Slaves and Masters was better than that. Oh, no, that no, no. Now you're, now you're Thank you. No, uh, uh, Ramshackle Man, Anya, the title track. Get out of town, man. That's that album uh, rules. And Strangers all was kind of like a continuation of that. And uh, I, I really dig, I really dug it. But um, to me, it's all about the deal years, man. And uh, I did get to see Rainbow with Joel and Turner once uh, on the Straight Between the Eyes tour. And uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal band. Uh, Bobby Rodinelli was a great drummer uh, that era. And uh, what else can I say? Just uh, to me, it's all about Richie Blackmore and Ronnie James Dio. That's basically, and, you know, of course, the late, great Cozy Powell. But without these two, Cozy Powell couldn't have shined like he did, man, because... Uh, if you ask me, you know, and I, I love a lot of Cozy Powell stuff, but none of it matches the magic that was Rainbow. Richie Blackmore's Rainbow was a magical band, I think. It was just full of magic. And every song we talked of, uh, except with the omission of two songs off the first album, were just, to me, perfect. I mean, it was just, even like the filler songs, which I will agree, Sensitive Tonight, to Light in the Shed would be considered fillers, but they're great. I mean, there's such things as great fillers. I forgot to say one last thing. I think I said this on my uh, on my podcast. I mean, on my review of Rainbow Rising. I always wanted that album cover tattooed on my arm. And I said, if I don't get sick of this picture in five years, I'm going to tattoo it on my arm. And no shit, the fourth year, I only had one year left to get that tattoo. And I'm at a red light. And in front of me, there's a car. And the car in the back bumper has a rainbow sticker. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, wait, rainbow now doesn't mean, like, if I put rainbow rising on my arm, not a lot of people are going to equate it to a, a hard rock album that not a lot of people know about from the 70s. They're going to think I'm gay. And I live on South Beach which there's a lot of gay people that live here. So uh, in order, for me, getting a, a rainbow tattoo on my arm is the, is the equivalent of me getting on my arm a tattoo that says, Hi, Sailor. So I didn't get that tattoo. And to this day, I still don't have any tattoos because I was scarred. Because what if, like in the future, uh, I get like the tattoo of something I like now and it turns into the symbol of uh, men that rape Scott Bale? You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be like... Like like, connected with that type of thing. So, I I, I just got a tattoo uh, a few days ago, and I decided while I was waiting to get my tattoo, once we get a million plays on this podcast, I am getting this fucking logo tattooed on my arm. All right, and, and I'm putting the challenge out to these other two fucking yahoos that are in love with each other to do the same thing. No, no, I'm not gonna I, do that. No, I, I'm. I believe in this podcast, and uh, I believe in the fans, and it's going to happen. I hope you all enjoy. 
and the, from this bald-headed, uh, clean-shaven, bald-headed uh, co-host, Terrence here. Um, I, I have no tattoos either, as a matter of fact. I am petrified of needles. As a matter of fact, I still scream like Robert Plant when I get a shot or an injection of any type. Uh, that's how petrified of needles I am. I think Not, you need to get the logo tattooed on your bald fucking head. Ah, uh, piss that, off. Okay, bye. No, I'd be screaming like Robert Plant, you jackass. Actually, Ian Gillen screaming I'd be doing because... Yeah, I'm very right. sensitive to pain. All right. And needs. All right. Well, I love the fans, and I'm going to do it for the fans once we get a million plays. Uh, okay. So you you see who cares about you and you, who doesn't. Ah, uh, piss off. Okay. Bye. Anyways, any, anyways, I agree with Ralph on all things Rainbow. The Joel and Turner years were excellent. Uh, my favorite album of that period is Difficult to Cure. Street Between the Eyes is just on par with it. Well, I agree um, there. And, I definitely agree there. Because um, Don Airy was probably my second favorite keyboard player Rainbow had after uh, Tony Carey. Um, the um, Down to Earth album, I think, was an excellent album. Um, sorry, Ian, I think Down to Earth fucking ruled uh, Eyes of the World. Go ahead and uh, puke, you, you drunk, you fucking uh, lush. Uh, Lost in Hollywood fucking ruled Love's No Friend, No Time to Lose, All Night Long. The instrumental Weissheim, which didn't make the album due to time constraints. Fucking, that album just fucking excellent, but the Dio years, pure perfection, much to uh, my drunk co-host Ian's dismay. And uh, so, Terrence and Ian, thank you guys for joining me, and um, more you, Terrence, though. And uh, Thank you, Ralph. And, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys next week, all right? All right. Doing? Thank you, and God bless you all. Good night. All right, and then and go on the YouTube page and go on the Facebook.